you're fabulous. You're ready. Drink anyone Maybe if you show a little bit of Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have a boyfriend. I would know you money. You're a tequila lover. You're a desperate party. You're the charge. I'm not going to get you. Welcome to your Such a Catch. I'm your host, Erin. If you're tuning in for the first time, it's pretty much the equivalent to you swiping right on my profile pic without reading my bio. Don't worry, I'm not holding it against you. Just like Bumble, you can shake your phone and we'll let you go back in time to see what you bypassed. You didn't just try that, did you? I was kidding. For those of you who tuned in to episode one, thank you. Our relationship is progressing quickly. I was hoping it wasn't gonna be a one night stand. Since we're still in the get to know you phase, I thought I'd bring up some friends we have in common. You know, Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? Who, the white knight? That only happens in fairy tales. My hair hurts. Charlotte, honey, did you ever think that maybe we're the white knights and we're the ones that have to save ourselves? That is so depressing. For all of you guys tuning in, if you're not friends with these girls, you should be. These are the women who taught us everything we know about life in relationships. They're kind of like the female version of Vince, Eric, Turtle, and Drama. And like Charlotte, I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? No, but really, where is he? I want to talk about this because I think a lot of us can relate to Charlotte. And is Samantha right? Do white knights only exist in fairy tales? As a little girl, I remember watching Disney movies. Hell, I still love a good Disney movie. Who doesn't? Every storyline has its similarities. There's always a beautiful girl. She always has the shiniest of hair, even if she is combing it with a dingle hopper. She may go through a transformation like Cinderella, but she always exudes femininity, even if she is a bit of a tomboy like Murata. Even animals know this girl is special. Whether she attracts them in the enchanted forest, calls a tiger her best friend, or has a fast-talking, self-absorbed Chinese dragon as her guardian, this girl is special. Then there's some kind of hardship or sacrifice. A villain. A young, hunky hero who always has a loyal sidekick. Some magic. Love. And always a happy ending. Then as you get older, you replace Disney movies with Hallmark movies. I can't tell you the number of girlfriends I have who count down the days until Hallmark brings their Christmas movies back. I don't watch a lot of them myself, but I think once you've seen one, you've seen them all. See, there's a beautiful woman. Usually she's played by our favorite, DJ Tanner, well, Candace Cameron Bure. I can almost guarantee there's an adorable puppy, most likely a Labrador or Golden Retriever. Then you guessed it, there's some kind of hardship or a sacrifice, a villain, a hunky hero, magic, love, and always a happy ending. Bride looking radiant. And there is the kiss that everyone was hoping for and waiting for. A lot of us obsess over the royal family. I've always been interested, but never one to set my alarm to wake me up at 2 a.m. so I could watch the wedding coverage. That's what Twitter and Us Weekly are for. But guess what? Meghan Markle? She's gorgeous. 
She and Harry, they adopted a dog together. How cute is that? His name's Oz. There was some drama with her family. Shall we call it a hardship? There was a villain. Prince Harry is a hunk. Megan had to endure some sacrifice. I heard she had to give up colored nail polish. Too bad the queen isn't a fan. The way they met? Magical. They fell in love, and they're literally living their happily ever after out right before our eyes. I guess this is where you have to ask yourself, do you believe in fairy tales? Do you believe in happy endings? Not that kind of happy ending. Get your mind out of the gutter. I know of a real-life love story. My grandparents. My grandma found her white knight. As you might have suspected, my grandma is stunning. I pray every night that I inherit her genes. She also has a way with animals and an extensive stuffed teddy bear collection. She grew up in a time where a woman's place was in the household. So I can imagine there was some sacrifice there. My grandpa, he also made some sacrifices. Back then, he earned a whopping $21 a month. He used 15 of that $21 to buy my grandma a makeup compact. You hear that, guys? 71% of his monthly income on a gift he knew she'd love. I should really inquire what brand of makeup it was. Mac didn't exist back then, but whatever it was, Grandma has the most flawless skin. Grandpa went to boot camp, so while he was gone, they wrote one another. Letters. Yes, letters. With formal greetings and formal closures. In their own penmanship, Grandma let me read the letters. They are so sweet and innocent. Grandpa was a romantic. Something I think men have lost in today's day and age. Or maybe apps and the sheer access to sex has diminished it. His letters were a way of getting to know her better. He wanted to know every single detail. He also wanted to know if she missed him. So very different than the, what you do in text at 2 a.m. After three months of dating, they were married. They had two children, one of which is my dad. They have five grandchildren, which of course includes me and three great-grandchildren. My grandma is a fan of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and grandpa thought it would be fun to have his own rose ceremony on their anniversaries. So he'd go to the store, and he'd buy a long stem red rose, and on their anniversary, he'd present it to my grandma in his best Chris Harrison voice. B, will you accept this rose? She always did. She would today, too, if he was still alive. They were married 74 years. 74! This year would have been 76. You know, I haven't even been able to keep a boyfriend for 74 days. Speaking of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, of course we all watch. My dear friend David is obsessed and incessantly binge-watching every season right now. We can't help it. The shit's addicting. Who wouldn't want to fall in love while traveling the world, slow dance to a private concert, have a multiplication math-off on a boat in Thailand, swim with those cute piggies in the Bahamas, do all the things, and then end up with a Neil Lane diamond ring on their left finger. That might be the quintessential fairy tale right there. But is this real life? What happens if the fantasy that we concocted in our head doesn't ever come to fruition? Well, I'm going to tell you, I didn't get the fairy tale ending, the happily ever after I always envisioned. I actually had a surprise ending. Like when a movie ends and you sit there in the theater, almost angry you paid money to watch it. Everything was going great until the last 10 minutes. You think of a million different variations of how that story could have concluded, but no. The writers thought this was the way it should end. That's how I felt. 
And up until that moment, I was good at writing my own story and using my influence to essentially manifest the outcome I wanted. I met my ex-husband when I was 22 years old. After graduating from college where my only source of income was babysitting and my part-time gig at Tannancy, yes, this white girl worked at a tanning salon, (laughs) I wanted to stay in Southern California, but my parents pretty much told me that I needed to get a better paying job or else I'd have to move home. Moving home was never an option I allowed myself. Instead, my aunt and uncle, they were in the process of getting some renovations done on their home and they were using an interior designer from Home Depot. They said she was going to retire and looking for a replacement, and that I should apply. I took their advice and became an orange apron-wearing employee. About three weeks into my job, they discontinued the outside design program, and I became an employee of Floor & Wall, what they call the soft side, which is carpet and decor. My days consisted of measuring blinds and cutting them with this big saw thingy, Climbing ladders to reach things up high, which gave me horrible anxiety, and I dreaded, and having to answer questions about thinset and floor prep. Do I look like an expert in tile? Trick question. So as I am transitioning to my new role, my boss gets promoted, and the guy who is managing the hard side of floor and wall, which is considered tile and hardwood, Destiny, becomes my boss. What can I tell you about Destiny? Yes, his name is Destiny. Destiny used to get so pissed when I'd call him on my walkie looking for a box of tile that sat somewhere in the rafters and I couldn't find it with the six-digit skew. I can picture his face when he'd find it in two seconds. Like, seriously, Aaron? But I didn't let it bother me. I oddly found his arrogant demeanor, his sarcasm, and his shortness with me a turn-on. Why do we always like the bad boys? One night, our whole crew went out for drinks. I remember the bar. It was Pennywise in San Marcos. That night's a little jumbled in my head, so I have a really bad memory. But if I remember correctly, the guy I was dating at the time spilled a drink on Destiny. By accident, of course. So he and I, we got into an argument. Not sure if it was over that or something else. And we pretty much broke up. I spent the rest of the evening talking to Destiny and realizing we had a lot in common. We started dating, casually, but didn't tell anyone because he was technically my boss. It was awkward to really have to watch your words and your tells, to ensure you weren't accidentally blowing your cover. I've always been a wear your heart on your sleeve and open book kind of gal, so situations like this put me in a real pickle. In fact, after a couple months, I told Destiny I should transfer stores. He didn't want this to happen, so he did what he thought was best, and he took the store manager out for a smoke break. Yeah, he smoked. No, I didn't love it, but it was his choice ultimately. He loved to tell the story of the smoke break. I can hear his voice telling it now. He said, Lisa, Aaron is dating someone in Floor and Wall and she wants to transfer stores. Lisa took a drag from her cigarette and said, Destiny, that can't be. Aaron likes black guys. She wasn't necessarily wrong. My last boyfriend was straight up out of Kenya. So Destiny looked down at his arm. He's black, white, an Indian with a feather. Then he looked back up to meet Lisa's eyes which were white as saucers, and her mouth hit the floor. I didn't transfer stores. I stayed. I interviewed for an equivalent position, my old boss's spot, so the manager of the soft side of Floor & Wall, and I got it. So Destiny and I became not only co-managers, but publicly boyfriend and girlfriend. In all honesty, this wasn't healthy for us. I commend those of you out there who are married to your business partner 
or work with your significant other, kudos to you, because Lord knows we could not figure this out. Here was the thing. He ended up staying at my place often because his place was in Carlsbad, mine was in Rancho Bernardo, and we worked in Escondido. It made sense for him to stay, less of a commute. But then we'd essentially get up at the same time, had to work together, overlap at work all day, and you know I was annoying the hell out of him trying to find that tile in the rafters, and I probably got lazier over time, knowing that he had no choice but to help me. Then we'd take our lunch break together, then go home together, and have nothing to share because we literally witnessed everything the other person had to deal with that day. Oh boy, this screams fairy tale, doesn't it? <laughs> but somehow we worked. We were the best of friends. I loved then that Destiny didn't need me to babysit him in a social setting. He could work the room and I could do my thing. And then we found each other later in the night and everything was fine. He loved to surf and we spent a lot of time at the beach. I probably enjoyed this the most. I'd lay out and read magazines while he caught a few waves. I was always impressed when he'd swap out of his wetsuit into street clothes underneath a beach towel on the side of the road. Then he'd want a California burrito, and you know this girl wasn't turning down taco shop. Four years of dating flew by. I landed a new job thanks to my aunt and uncle. They should really work for ZipRecruiter or something. He stayed at Home Depot. I bought a condo in Temecula to be closer to the new gig. He decided to follow. During this time, we received a lot of pressure from our friends to get engaged. We were the last in our friends group to take this next step, so I think it was only natural for Destiny to propose. I mean, we weren't ready to break up, and after four years of dating, it is the next logical step, right? I was never the girl who had her wedding planned out, nor was it a big thing back then to have a terribly elaborate proposal. One night, he suggested we take a drive to the beach, which wasn't too out of the ordinary. He took me to our spot in front of the smokestacks in Carlsbad, and we sat on the rocks and chatted, and then he dropped to one knee and proposed. Of course I said yes. Here's the thing. Hindsight is 2020, and now, looking back 11 years ago, I was young and not ready for a lifelong commitment. I was still finding myself and figuring out who I was, but I was, and I still am, a people pleaser. I was not emotionally intelligent enough to walk away. I love Destiny. He made me laugh. He brought me companionship, and I never wanted to hurt him. So decision-fatigued Aaron planned a wedding. I will save that story for a later time. <laughs> Having been married and divorced leaves you with a completely different outlook on fairy tales and white nights. I still want someone who is a companion, who makes me laugh, and who is my best friend. But I also want someone who is independent and to have a relationship where we each have our own identity. Nowadays, everyone is busy. Women are more career focused. People are waiting until they're older to get married and start a family. And I think that's okay. Do you know the average man is 28.1 when he gets married and the average woman is 26.4? Women are waiting until their 30s to have children. And again, I think it's okay. Timing is important with relationships, and if you're dating someone, you'll know when it's right to take the next step. You'll also know if it's not right, and you should move on. That advice your mom gave you, to trust your gut, that's real. Listen to her. Now, if you're not in a serious relationship and you're still looking for the one, and you're older than the averages I threw out there, who gives a fuck? Chalk it up to you being better than average. Your fairy tale is going to be a lot like mine, an original. 
It's not going to be a Disney movie, a Hallmark Christmas special. There's nothing royal about it. Girl, paint those nails bright blue if you want to. And you may not be forced to bring out third grade math on a boat in Thailand. But as I tell my closest girlfriends, your plot twist is coming. But you also need to put yourself out there and allow the universe or whatever higher power you believe in the ability to deliver your white knight to you however that may look. Here are my suggestions and things I'm going to try myself. Be present. Be aware of your surroundings. Smile. Say hello. Bring it back to old school. It's amazing what a little human interaction can do versus staring down at your phone. Do things you enjoy. Meeting someone while you're doing something in your element is ideal. Ever notice how you meet someone when you travel or you're going on vacation? It's because you're sending off those positive vibes. You're relaxed. You're excited and the energy is noticed by others. This same level of energy can be achieved when you're doing something you genuinely like. Find sober activities. Yes, those words just came out of my mouth. Find sober activities. Is it just me or is every social event surrounded by booze and carbs? It doesn't have to be. Let's find some activities that don't involve booze and eating isn't the main event. Give zero fucks. This one is really important. You have to come to terms with not caring. If you swiped right and the fantasy immediately played out with Eric42 who lives in Santa Monica, you know you two walking on the strand with your adopted Labradoodle, taking family trips with your 2.5 kids and your Tesla Model X, and he never matches you? He isn't your white knight, your prince, or your lost soulmate. Him not matching you? It's not on you. Remember that. It's his loss. Insist? Go for what you want. Gone are the days in which we wait for a man to approach us. Approach him. Ask him out. Show him you're interested. Charlotte eventually met Harry and got her happily ever after. Hey, so how goes the big matrimonial move-in? Good. Harry's moved most of his stuff in. It's going well. And I'm just trying to learn to compromise because sometimes I can be a little rigid. Oh, no. That's not true at all. There's just one thing, and it's small, but really grosses me out. We have a teabag situation. Oh, I understand. Just breathe through your nose. When you're sucking his balls. What? No! I was talking about Harry leaves his old teabags around the house. Oh, I thought you meant teabagging. When you hold a guy's balls in your mouth. Oh. Why is it called... Oh, I get it. Because they hang Shh. and the dipping. Oh, great. Now I've lost my shoes and my appetite. Mm. So maybe he teabagged around the house and her OCD self had to go around collecting them all. But they just worked when Ned, Mike, Trey McDougal, Mr. Pussy, and Brian didn't. They also got the family they dreamed of, Rose and Lily. See, there's hope for us yet. Thanks for tuning in to You're Such a Catch. Feel free to follow me at You're Such a Catch on Instagram and Twitter. DM me. I want to know your thoughts. Your thoughts on the white night, fairy tales, and happily ever afters. Until next time.